Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, can you believe it? We're just two days away from the Poor People's Campaign Mass Moral Assembly and Moral March on Washington, June2020.org. Or you can just go to poorpeoplescampaign.org. And every day we've been sharing some personal stories. This has been building for years, something Reverend Barber started several years ago with Moral Monday and trying to stand up, trying to pick up where Dr. King left off. We've been sharing personal stories every day leading up to this coming Saturday, June 20th, the day after Juneteenth. Here's another personal story. Francine is from... Chula, Mississippi. Good evening. Good evening. So God be the glory for all he has done. Protocol already been established. I say good evening to all of you, my brother and my sisters. Isaiah 55 and one says, cry aloud and spare not. Means I'm not gonna hold back what I'm about to say to you right now. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, it says says, tell my people of their transgressions, how they've sinned against God, all right? So how have we sinned against God? I'll tell you. Matthew 25 and 40 says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. Time for some truth telling here, okay? So what's this truth? 
says that what you do to the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you've done unto me. That's what the scripture says. How many Bible readers we got up in here? That's what the scripture says. That what you do to the least of these, you've done unto me. So what have we done to the least of these? Did y'all walk around Chula today? Did you look at some of the least of these? To whom much is given, much is required. Didn't say to whom least is given, let them do more. That's not what it says. So we have some among us who've gone without so much for so long. And we say, do what you can do, baby. Make it work. Do what you can do. Inside of Chula right now, for several months now, we've been crying out because the floods got heavy upon us. Folks had to move out of their houses. And just when they started to put it back together again, guess what happened? The rains came again. Okay, so even those who managed to get back in again, there's the mold, there's the mildew, there are the snakes, there's the gators coming up, Dr. Carthan. Am I right about it? You know what they said? They said only two houses were affected. That's the official report. You can walk down that street right now with your own two eyes and see more than two houses that were affected. How about if we tell some truth up in here? It's truth telling time. That which you do to the least of these, you do it unto me. Let's talk about our education system just for a second. For more than a decade now here in Holmes County, we've been underperforming educationally. Bessie DeVos, Y'all know who that is, right? She came and visited the poor cheering here, okay, in Mississippi. Came right over there to the high school, didn't she? And sat down in the library and talked to the little poor cheering. Didn't leave us any resources, didn't make any recommendations, ain't sent a penny back, not one day, not one time. Didn't even give y'all a thank you card for uh, giving her the food at the table, did she? Nothing has changed since then. Don't look for other people to do it for you. We're going to have to do it for ourselves. But yeah, those are our dollars. They're public dollars, right? We got public schools. Do you understand what I'm saying? They say segregation is not still happening, but there are no white children in our black schools. They go to the private school. Okay? So no, things have not changed a whole lot. Matter of fact, even in our cemeteries, you know we're not buried in the same cemetery, right? We got a black cemetery and we got the white folks cemetery. It is what it is. How about if we tell some truth up in here? Okay, so it is what it is. Um, we're not just trying to make this about a black-white issue because we know poor uh, black people and white people are poor too. However, it's time out to just fight poor people. How about if we fight poor? How about if we fight poverty? How about if we come together and fight poverty? Can we do that? Because the truth is, it is wrong to fight poor people. It is wrong to incarcerate people and keep them locked up just because they don't have bail money. Do you know some folks are in jail for over two years because they don't have bail money? That is wrong. We can do better than this, and we must do better than this. I'm going to go to my seat now, but I'm going to remind you of another thing. When he says, I ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm not going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to do this with everything in me, with every breath that's in me, and I hope that you will come along and join me. That was uh, Francine from Chula, Mississippi. Folks, it's not too late to register for this coming Saturday, June2020.org, the Mass Poor People's Assembly and Moral March on Washington.
course, as always, a pleasure to have with us the senator from the state of California, former presidential candidate herself, Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, Senator Harris, how are you? And happy Juneteenth week. Happy Juneteenth week, Mark. It's good to be with you. I, you listen, all things considered, I'm, I'm great. You know, when one in five mothers is describing her children under the age of 12 being hungry, when people are marching in the street and, and, and the Floyd family just buried their loved one who died from murder, and I could go on down the list. So, yeah, a lot to fight for. It's a lot. Well, one of the things you've just been dealing with this week is this Justice in Policing Act. Yes. Um, talk to about that a little, a little bit, if you would, and, and yes. just how important that is and, and yes. what these Republicans, I mean, what's, what's wrong with them? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the Justice and Policing Act. Um, it is the product of work between me and our dear friend, Senator Cory Booker, together with other members of the Congressional Black Caucus, in fact, the entire Congressional Black Caucus. And it is a package of bills that are designed to deal with a very specific issue, which is the need for accountability and consequence when police officers break the rules or break the laws. Mm-hmm. It is not dealing with the other things we need to deal with. Like we need to deal with the fact that we need to reimagine public safety. We need to understand if you want safe communities, then create healthy communities and invest in the public schools and the job opportunities and home ownership of those communities and they will be safe. Yeah. Um, this is specific to police and accountability. So what we do, number of things, including saying there should be a national standard for use of force. Why? Well, because in a lot of jurisdictions, Mark, that if, if there is a use of excessive force, the question that is asked is to ask, was that use of force reasonable? Well, as you and I know, you could reason away just about anything. The yeah. question that should be asked, the fair question to produce justice should be to ask, was that use of force necessary? So that's in our bill. What's in our bill? We need independent investigations. So I know as a former prosecutor, no matter how well-intentioned the DA or state's attorney, if they are called upon to investigate a police officer from a police department they work with every day, at the very least, there will be an appearance of conflict, if not actual conflict. So we need to address that. There should be independent investigations. It should not be that prosecutor investigating and prosecuting that case. We're calling for pattern and practice investigations. When I was attorney general of California, I initiated pattern and practice investigations of of law enforcement agencies that had a a history of discrimination. We need to put teeth in that. The United States Department of Justice will do it under Bill Barr, under Donald Trump. They have virtually ended them. But in addition, we also want to give them the tool of subpoena power so that when a police department doesn't want to cooperate with the investigation, the, the, the Department of Justice will have the subpoena power to just go ahead and get whatever evidence is necessary. Um, so those are some of the examples. We ban um, chokeholds and also um, we deal with, with what, uh, sadly, with what um, Senator Scott's bill does not deal with in terms of the, the kind of um, chokehold um, that, that killed George Floyd. Um, we deal with what is necessary around saying that there has to be serious accountability in a way that sadly Tim Scott's bill does not do. I think he is well-intentioned, but frankly, my, my analysis of it so far, it suggests to me that that bill that he is offering, the Republican bill, would not save a life. 
mm. would not have saved George Floyd's life, would not have saved um, a number of the lives that we are talking about. For example, even on the issue of, of no-knock warrants, we ban no-knock warrants for drug cases. And um, when we are looking at what happened in Kentucky, right. had our bill been in place, she may be alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Breonna Taylor. So these are the kinds of things that we need to address. Our bill deals with them. Frankly, the Republican bill that, that was disclosed or un- unveiled today does a lot of lip service. I think he comes from a good place, but it has no teeth and it would not save a life. Um, something else here, the, the federal amends the federal criminal statute from willfulness to yeah. a recklessness standard. I, explain right. that if you would. So right now under the federal standard, if, if one were to bring a, a, a civil rights allegation of a violation of civil rights, a constitutional violation of rights, right? Mm-hmm. You would have to prove that the police officer willfully, right. right, intentionally killed somebody as opposed to the standard we're pushing for, which is that it would include reckless disregard of life, right? Which is that there was just a reckless disregard that that, 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 of, of that person's life. And that should also qualify to say that there should be accountability and consequence. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, that willfulness piece is what has really prevented federal, successful federal prosecutions That's right. of police officers. Because you have to literally prove that someone woke up in the morning that's and right. had a premeditated plan to violate someone else's civil rights. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so that, and that's exactly right. Because if it is so clear that for eight minutes and, and, and 48 seconds or 46 seconds that you, that, that, that person is going to die, you may not have intended at the beginning to kill him, but that was clearly a reckless disregard of human life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, qualified immunity as well qualified immunity so we are saying that it should also we should have in place a requirement that that police officers not be completely shielded from liability when they take the life of another when they unlawfully take the life of another human being and we've had the lawyers who have represented the families that range from George Floyd to uh, Tatiana Jefferson to you just go down the list again and, um, and they have talked about the fact that with qualified immunity, basically police officers are, are, are given a carte blanche. They're given a free pass almost when these cases occur so that there cannot be justice in terms of a, a, a lawsuit with damages and, and a recognition of the loss of that life and the value of that life. Yeah, and yeah. that really is what we're talking about, which is that so much of this is about understanding and having a system in place that recognizes the value of black life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When we talk about black lives matter, we are talking about the fact that black life has value and those who take black life in this way and in the context of what historically has been this way, we, we, we need to seriously um, reimagine and, and frankly reconstruct how we are dealing with accountability and consequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, our mutual elder, yours and mine, uh, the majority whip Clyburn. Yes. Is not crazy about the word defund, but I think we know what it means. And, and, and this bill addresses as someone, you kind of alluded to it because we have to 
re as you said, reimagine yeah. how we're spending money and putting some people think, oh, we're just going to abolish the police tomorrow. Not necessarily, but we've got to talk about the redistribution of budget and funds. Because if there's a mental health crisis, we don't need to call a cop. We need to figure out a way for another agency or social service agency to handle that. Right. Well, well, that's right. And so essentially, here's what I believe. I'm not going to I, I, I rarely, if ever, I'm going to get, you know, put myself in a context of a hashtag. I'm just going to tell sure. you what I believe. Sure. What I believe is this. I believe based on my years of living and doing this work that we have to reimagine how we achieve public safety in America. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand it is out. It is it is wrong headed status quo thinking to think that if you that by putting more police officers on the street that you're going to have more safety. That's just wrong. I'll tell you how you're going to have more safety when you put resources into healthy communities and investing into the health and well-being of communities. When and, and I'll tell you why I say that you look in upper middle class suburbs in America, you will not see police presence. You will not see those patrol cars roaming the streets. You will not see the kind of interactions that we see in other communities. But what you will see are well-funded public schools. What you will see are high rates of home ownership. What you will see are, are, are families who have jobs that allow them to get through the end of the month without worrying about whether they're going to have food on the table. What you will see is access to health care and that it is affordable, access to mental health care and it is affordable, access to capital for small businesses in those communities. So understand if you want, if you truly want safe communities, invest in communities so that they have health. And by that, I mean economic health, educational health, access to, to, to resources that are in the healthcare system and men- mental health care system. And that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but, it, but the idea that you're going to create safer communities by militarizing police departments is just wrongheaded. It is literally just backwards. Yeah. And um, and, it, and it is a waste of taxpayer dollars if the true goal is safe communities. In, in terms of all that has happened and all we've endured uh, cumulatively. Yeah. And it is Juneteenth. Yeah. Don't you think it's it's time that we, you know, re-enliven or resurrect the discussion around reparations. After all, you're a co-sponsor of the bill. I mean, we have right, to- Right, Jackson Lee's bill, right. We need to, we've got to, and then I absolutely, I'm in favor of her bill. And, and because part of what we have to understand is that, you know, when we, yesterday in the Senate Judiciary Committee, I serve on that committee with Cory Booker and, the, and a number of other senators, and we got into this real discussion and then a debate where some were suggesting that if you, not us, if you refer to systemic racism, that the interpretation of that is that everybody in the system is racist, right? And, and they're doing that to basically shut us up or to shut off the seriousness of the issue and therefore the conversation about solutions. And, and so when we talk about this and, and Sheila Jackson Lee's bill that I support, it's about saying, look at at the fact of it, study it, and you will see that black families own one tenth wealth of, of white families. You will see that I think the latest numbers are that you know for people who use drugs, there's about equal use of drugs between white and black folks. But black folks are four times as likely to be arrested. Look at it in terms of the health outcomes, in terms of who is dying from the coronavirus, 
and, and see how it is impacting the black community. Look at before the pandemic hit, the racial disparities that tell us that black families are 20% more likely to have asthma, asthma, 40% more likely to have high blood pressure, that black women are three times more likely to have lupus than white women, that black women are three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth than white women. And so these are the things that we need to acknowledge because truly, if we are going to actually meet the moment of this movement, mm -hmm. we have to speak truth. We have to acknowledge truth. We have to put sunshine and daylight on what otherwise has been covered up or neglected because people don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we are right now. And, that, and I will tell you that what gives me hope is when I look at the people marching in the streets. Yeah. People who seemingly have nothing in common and have everything in common in terms of knowing that as a nation, we still have yet to reach that ideal that says equal justice under law. Yeah. But if we keep marching and if we keep shouting and if we keep fighting, we can get there. But it can't be incremental. And on this subject, that's why I'm going to be fighting along with Cory Booker and, and uh, the Congressional Black Caucus to fight for our bill because we need action. We do not need another study. We do not need another group of folks sitting around a table talking about what we have known and what we've been talking about since Emmett Till and Rodney King. So that's where we are. All right, Senator, we thank you. We call you Senator now, but if I've seen about four polls on Twitter today. And Don't read they, those polls. Don't read those polls. If they have their way, you're going <laughs> to have another title. Polls. You're going to have another title soon. I mean, folks I, are like, they're there. I'm just letting you know. I'm, it's not me. I'm just telling you what people are saying. You I, know it. So. I, I, I appreciate you. I'm <laughs> I am proud to be, but sad to be, only the second black woman ever elected to the United States Senate. And as my mm -hmm. mother used to say to me, uh, Kamala, you may be the first to do many things, or in this case, the second, but don't be the last. Yeah. So um, let's keep our eye on the prize. Thank you, Senator Harris. Happy Juneteenth. To you too, my dear. Thank I'll you. talk to you later. Thank you. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.